Psalm 51, you may know as the psalm of David's prayer of confession of his sin or sins with Bathsheba. And tonight we're not going to specifically look at that, but we want to look at verse 12, in which David prays, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. We mentioned this morning that the message of the resurrection was a message that when the women at the tomb heard it, they received it with great joy. And with great gladness, it says, they went and told the others. And all throughout it is interwoven joy and gladness. And yet many times we live in a manner that does not reflect that joy, does not reflect that gladness. And when the psalmist said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. He knew that his sin had broken fellowship with God, uh, robbed him of the joy. He was still a child of God, but he didn't have the joy that was there. And I think many times in our lives, just the normal things of life, let alone our sin, rob us of the joy that God intends us to have. God said through Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that that ought to be one of our strong points. That ought to be um, something that is a trademark of a Christian would be joy. So how do I know the joy of my salvation? How do I Have that restored. You see, if we don't realize what we have, it's hard for us to be grateful for it. If you don't realize what it costs you, you won't realize the value of it. And so first of all, we have to value what we have. The privilege of our fellowship. We talked this morning of our We were created for fellowship with God, and the resurrection brings us to that relationship, the privilege of fellowship with Almighty God, the creator of the universe, the God who spoke and this world came into being. And do you understand, we are just beginning to scratch the surface, we think Science is so wonderful, and science is observing what God has created. And we have, we have come great lengths in understanding more of what God has created. In just the last 15 years, the research on the brain and how it works and all the intricacies of our brain um, the the research there has just expanded in an amazing manner. And, and yet, even with that, we are just scratching the surface. And all of this, God spoke, and it came into being. 
And God now, this God, the creator, the all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God, says, I want to have a relationship with you. I, I value you. I, I want to share with you. I want to spend time with you. Probably each of us in our lives might identify some person that if you um, were invited to spend time with them, um, you might say, wow, you mean I get to go spend time with that person? I used to say the President of the United States, but I'm not sure you'd count that an honor. But um, it still would be, I'd like to spend some time with him. Seriously, I'd, I'd like to spend some time with him. But the reality is, we're not, I don't care who in this world, nothing compares that God invites us to spend time with him. And the psalmist said in Psalm 8, What is man that you are mindful of us, God, for you to stoop and, and enter into our world and desire to spend time with us to value this and understand, wow, God desires me, God desires fellowship. We sing the song, Amazing Love, how can it be that thou, my God, shouldst die for me? And we alluded to it this morning, the privilege we have, Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 16, we don't have a a high priest, an intercessor in Jesus Christ who cannot be touched with our our burdens and our cares. He is touched with those, and he invites us to come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Do you understand? I mean, this is this is entering in to the holy of holies that only the high priest could enter into. Value what we have. We take it so for granted. We can just stop anywhere, anytime. We can pray. We can go talk to God. Do you understand how many people that have gone on before us didn't have that privilege until Christ came. And now we have direct access to Him. Access to the Father. To value. It, it's, uh, that, that's why we say, search the Scriptures. Because the more we search, the more we're going to understand the various facets of salvation. The various glories of salvation. The great love of God that as holy as God is, He still loved me in my rebellion, in my sin, in my vileness. He said, all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. You imagine the most putrefying thing you can think of. And understand that the very best that we can bring before God is that putrefying thing that you can think of. I don't know about you. There, there are certain things that just make my stomach ready to hurdle. You know what I'm saying? And, and there, there are some things that you, 
I had uh, I had a I think I told you about I had a calf fall in a well, okay? And it was already putrefying and stinking. And I knew going up there this was not going to be good, hooking a chain around it and dragging it out. I was just praying that it all come out in one piece. And, and so I get a breath of fresh air, and I go in. You know what I'm saying? Because I knew this is not in my stomach. Just in, And so I'd go in, and I was working away, and, and I could just feel it coming. So I, I'm going back out for fresh air, and I'm going back in, and... That's our sin to a holy God. And yet he didn't just come and hook a chain to it to pull it out. He came and personally bore our sin. So the psalmist says, God, what is man? What am I that you would think of me, that you would do this for me? I can't comprehend it. And and it's to value what we have been given. Do you know how few people in the world tonight have been brought to know the saving power of Jesus Christ? And what are you and what are I that we should be brought to that? We We could have been born in any country, in any family, with any any faith under the sun, And to value what we have been given, this is the most uh, rare and precious gift. Only, Only the blood of Jesus Christ. We sang, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. Do you know how many people have no idea who Jesus Christ is? No idea that he bore their sin and the penalty and offers to them. And so we have to, we have to value what we have and understand what made it possible. It was the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is what we're remembering tonight in the body that was broken as we come to partake of the Lord's Supper tonight. It is a remembrance. This is done in remembrance of Christ. And the bread represents his body that was literally broken for us. See, we value what we have, but we to truly value it, we have to understand what made it possible. He left the splendor of heaven, willingly gave up the rights as God to take upon himself the form of a man and to humble himself and to be mocked and ridiculed and his body literally broken. And what we're remembering tonight is this is what... I have this gift of salvation, but this is what it costs. See, we live in a society today that people value the freedom that we have in this land, but we don't value what it costs to bring us this freedom. We don't value what this freedom was founded on. And in understanding tonight, it's, it's to help us remember that there is nothing free. 
Salvation is a free gift to us, but it wasn't free. It cost Jesus his life. He shed his blood for us. And as 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 says, For he, God, think of this, God made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for us. Holy God becoming sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have to value what we have and continually grow in knowing what we have. But it's not just valuing what we have. We have to understand what made this possible, and it's only Jesus Christ. All that I have is Christ, and that's all that I need. And then, thirdly, to restore the joy of our salvation, we must protect this fellowship at all costs. Protect the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ as all, at all costs because this is all that matters. Do you understand? The bottom line, this is all that matters. It's not going to matter uh, what kind of house you lived in, what kind of vehicle you drove, how much money you left to your children. It's not going to matter how many toys you had. It's not going to matter how many trophies you earned. None of that is going to matter. What's going to matter is our relationship with Jesus Christ. That's why he said, don't let the wise man glory in his wisdom and don't let the rich man glory in his riches and don't let the strong man glory in his strength. Why? Because our wisdom will fail us, our riches will fail us, our strength will fail us. But he says, let him that glorieth glory in this, that he knows God. That he knows and understands God. That's why we must protect that relationship. Our fellowship with God is our most important asset. In John, in Psalm 16 and verse 11 Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. The joy of our salvation comes in direct correlation to our walk with God. So that means I need to deal with the sin in my life that grieves the Spirit of God, the sin that separates me from God. I need to build... Um, hedges in my life or, or protective rails to keep me on the right road to prevent me from going the wrong direction. There are certain principles that we, that we should just have that we say, no, I'm, I'm not going there because, um, nothing there, nothing good can come out of that. Well, don't you have the liberty? Well, you have the liberty. You can choose what you do, but the bottom line is, is this what God wants me to do? And if this will draw my heart away from God, no, I'm going to protect my relationship with God. That's first and foremost. That means scheduling specific times with God, scheduling extended times alone with God. That, you know what, I'm going to set aside time two to three hours a time, whatever, where I'm, I'm just going to uh, 
fellowship with God. I'm going to read His Word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to write down a, a list of things I'm concerned about and pray about those. I'm going to go through a book and sing songs to Him. I'm going to fellowship with God. You'd say, you got to be crazy. I don't have time for that. We have time to do our hobbies. We have time to surf the Internet. We have time to do whatever we do. The first thing we better do is make time for God. Because you know what? Nothing else matters. It means daily making time for God. You know, it's a dangerous thing to say, I don't have time for God. Don't tempt God with that. He can make time for you. Put you on your back in a hospital where all you have to look is up. Then we have all kinds of time, don't we? And you know what? God loves us so much that He gives us the liberty to choose, but God loves us so much that He'll pursue us. It's walking with God. It's communing with God. It's realizing the importance. God, I can't do anything without You. And we can't. Do you understand? We are, we are one, one instant away from collapsing, every one of us. I mean, one nerve can get pinched and down you go. We take so many things for granted. It's the mercy of God that we're able to be up and about tonight. It's the mercy of God that we're able to be here. It's the mercy of God that we're a child of God by faith in Christ Jesus. And we need to understand, God, I need you. You may, you may be going to a work and doing something that you've done for 30 years, and you say, I can do it in my sleep. But you still need God. And that dependence upon God, that protecting that fellowship, we're tempted to be drawn away and we say, no, I want to protect my relationship with God because that is all that matters. And, and what we're remembering in the resurrection is, man, God is the one that gives me victory. God is the one that guarantees how all this is going to end and it's going to end good and I want to stick close to him. I want to be with him. Why? Because everything else will fail. Everything else will disappoint. Everything else will sadly, sadly come up short. But Jesus Christ. And so it's coming back and saying, God, the greatest thing in all the world is that you saved my soul. Some of you, it was 50 years ago that you trusted Christ, and, and some it may have been 15 years ago. The danger is that we become accustomed to it. Oh, yeah. God so loved the world, He gave me His only begotten Son. Yeah, I got saved 25 years ago. No, no, no. Do you understand what a gift this is? Value what you've been given, not just saved from hell, but given a home in heaven and given a relationship now with Jesus Christ and understand it's His body and His blood that made it possible and do whatever you can to protect that relationship. No, I'm not going to let my thoughts go there because that would hinder my relationship. No, I'm not going to say that because that would hinder my relationship with God. No, I'm not going to do that. Anything that draws us away 
from the heart of God must be rejected. And one of the purposes of communion is for us to examine ourselves and, and to see, have I lost focus of what really matters? Have I let my heart get drawn away in, in other areas? And tonight, as we come to partake of the Lord's Supper, um, we encourage you to go before the Lord and, and first of all, seek His mind and say, God, show me where any area of my heart is not yours. I want to give you not a room in my house, not the second story as we talked last week. I want to give you my whole heart. And then as you hold the bread, take time to realize what it costs and thank God. Go before Him. You know, what a joy to God's heart to have people coming and thanking Him. You know, one of, one of the things that parents enjoy is when their kids take time to say, thank you. You know, it, it's always a blessing to when um, kids get growing up and have their own kids, and then they start realizing about parenting, and then they say, wow, thanks, Mom and Dad, for all that you did. Boy, that, that means a lot to a parent. Do you understand what it means to our Heavenly Father when you come and say to Him, God, thank You for saving my soul. When's the last time you just stopped and said that? As you take the cup tonight and the juice that's representative of His blood, there's no special grace or merit in taking these other than it is to remind us of His body and His blood. And as you hold the cup, to stop and say, God, this is the most, this is representative of Your blood, the most precious commodity in all the earth because nothing else can take away my sin but Your blood. Thank You for shedding Your blood on my behalf. And God loves the gratitude that comes before Him from a joyful heart. Heavenly Father, we ask tonight that truly, as we meet here tonight, that we would have the joy of our salvation restored and renewed. Lord, what a blessing it has been this week to think specifically on your crucifixion and your resurrection. But Lord, may it not be something that we just do now, but may daily we live with a spirit of gratitude for what you have done, for the price that you have paid, And Lord, may we diligently live our life to protect that fellowship that nothing would separate us 
from a close walk with you, that we'd let nothing between you and our soul. And Lord, we thank you for the gift that is free to us for forgiveness, but the gift that cost you, your precious only begotten Son. Thank you that he rose victorious. Lord, may we walk in the joy of that salvation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Like to ask